Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Get our Bibles, and we're going to begin with one short verse of Scripture into a very long message. My wife got that. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, we're going to begin with uh, Matthew chapter 7, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. In the Beatitudes, Jesus is talking, and, he, and we're, we're singling out this one. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Can we say that aloud together? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. One more time. Blessed. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, we, we love you today. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for being in your house to study your word and to proclaim your word. I pray, dear God, that you would help us in this particular study tonight. Help us, Lord Jesus, to go deep into your word. Help us, God. We give you praise for it all in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. I want to talk to you tonight about mercy, a wise investment. Mercy, a wise investment. Unless somebody just landed from Mars, they would realize that our world's in a need of mercy, a whole lot of mercy. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. God does not destroy or discord the broken, but rather he wants to heal them, fix them, make them brand new. God is the originator of grace and mercy and restoration. The question is, do I extend that origination? Do I extend the same kind of mercy and grace, kindness, and restoration. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. Now that is a powerful word that just simply means full of mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I believe that Psalm 40, 142 and verse 1 in this psalm depicts some of the spirit of our age that we're living in. The psalmist said in 142 and verse 1, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knowest my path in the way wherein I walked. Have they privately laid snare for me? I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. And this is the line, I believe, that depicts our hour that we're living in. No man cared for my soul. No man loved me. No man cared for me. What a sad, sad statement. When David was running from the wrath of Saul, at one point, he took shelter in a cave all by himself. 
Amen. And when you see that David is running from Saul, he goes from he goes from he goes from being that part where he's celebrated by the masses and he hears the chants. David has killed his ten thousands. David is the champion. And then he goes to the point where he's all by himself in a cave and he says, Nobody cares for me. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. Someone once said that the enemy of love is not hate, but rather apathy, that no one really cares. And so what does our world that has this feeling do is that they envelop themselves in a shroud of fake social justice, that it is really in reality a cloak of dysfunction. The cry for justice is not really a cry for justice, but rather a cry for revenge. A cry for revenge. And while society is focusing on hate and rage, the tidal wave of an antichrist spirit comes flooding our land. No man cares for my soul. God is looking for his church today to be not just the defenders of grace and mercy, but to be the distributors and the facilitators of his grace and mercy. I want to tell you that the kingdom that we are a part of is a kingdom that has a concept that is unlike this world. It is a concept of love that is unlike secular world or religious world. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43 says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. You've heard it said, You're to love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Oh, we need a church preaching that and living that today. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Amen. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. What is he saying here? Distribute the kind of love, the kind of kindness, the kind of grace, the kind of mercy that your heavenly Father exhibits. Be ye merciful. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Amen. In in this, Jesus was speaking to a society that had very little mercy, very little mercy in its day. The Romans, matter of fact, glorified power. They glorified courage. They glorified discipline that brought brutal justice, not mercy. They did not glorify mercy. They considered mercy to be a sign of weakness. For when a child was born in a Roman home, the father had the right of uh, patra potestas. I butchered that, I know. But it, 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 it meant that if a father wanted to, he would raise his thumb if he wanted his child to live or he would lower his thumb if he wanted his child to die. 
the child lives or the child dies. We find that even in that day, the husband had the right to kill his wife. Better watch what you cook. <laughs> Good, honey, because you don't want that. <laughs> Come on, somebody. The Jewish scribes and the Pharisees elevated themselves at this time to be above others, to be better than others. They didn't give themselves or any kind of room for grace and mercy for somebody else. Matter of fact, if you pick up the story in Matthew chapter 15, you will see that Jesus is, is, is came, the scribes and Pharisees came to Jesus, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your traditions? Somebody say slap in the face. That's what he did. That's what he did. He said, they said, Why do your disciples break our traditions by not doing what they're supposed to do and wash their hands? And when they eat bread. And he says, well, why do you transgress the commandment of God by your traditions? Then he goes on to clarify. For God commanded, saying, honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, whosoever shall say to his father and mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou mayest be profited by me, and honor not his father and mother in uh, he shall be free. Thus have you made the commandment of God none effect by your tradition. What was their tradition? Their tradition was, uh, Mom and Dad, I'm not going to take care of you because i got to go to church and give an offering. Mom and Dad, I'm not going to honor you because I've got to go to church and give an offering. These Pharisees were so full of pride that they wouldn't even give support to their parents because they were supposedly committing it to the temple. Well, you hypocrites, you crazy, crazy, fearful people that will not give mercy to your own parents. That's horrible. The dictionary says that merciful means full of mercy. It also means to provide relief, to have forbearance. The New International Dictionary describes mercy as forbearance from afflicting punishment on an adversary or a lawbreaker. It is the holding back what they deserve. They deserve my fist. They deserve my anger. They deserve my punishment. But mercy says, I hold back. I hold back. I refrain from enforcing the debt on them. I refrain from enforcing the right and the obligation that they must duly take care of. Amen. The Greek word for mercy has the force of action. For to be merciful means to be moved by compassion. By compassion. Can anybody think for a moment about the debt you owed God? Can you think Think for a moment where he brought you from. Can you think for a moment about the lying, the stealing, the cheating, the carousing, the, 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 all the different things that in your life you looked at the Lord and said, oh, have mercy on me. Lord, I messed up. Have mercy on me. Lord, would you have mercy? I want to tell you, we serve a God who is abundant in mercy. He has, the Bible said, a multitude of mercies. The Bible says he is the father of mercies. Hallelujah. He, we learn that God is rich in mercy. You can't do things so 
bad that mercy can't reach to you. You can't be such a horrible person that mercy can't reach to you. But mercy is more than words. It is action. It is Jesus saying, suffer the children to come unto me and forbid them not for such is the kingdom. It is the mercy of God that says, Lazarus, come forth. It is the mercy of God that says to the withered hand, stretch forth thy hand. It is the mercy of God that stops the funeral procession, amen, and raises the son of the widow woman. It is something that he didn't have to do, but he did. He didn't have to do, but he did. Hebrews tells us in 2 and 17, in all things, it behooved him, Jesus. It behooved Jesus to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. He brought what man needed, mercy. He was full of mercy. He was full of compassion. He was full of action presenting to us the mercy of God. One man wrote this in his commentary on Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. He says, this verse doesn't speak of the pity of a selfish person may feel but does not act on. Nor does it speak of a person who solves or salves rather his conscience by token giving yet indulges in his own flesh. True mercy is genuine compassion with a pure and unselfish motive that reaches out to help those in need. Jesus meant that people in his kingdom don't condemn others, but they show mercy. They don't set themselves above others, but rather they're willing to stoop. They're willing to help. They're willing to reach out. Amen. That's what it means to be merciful. I don't have an agenda. I'm not reaching out to help because I'll get something in return from that individual but rather I am going to show mercy because God showed me mercy I don't know about you but this man this man standing before you tonight is a man that needs mercy this man needs mercy in his life this man this pastor needs mercy and I want to pursue mercy but also I must be merciful it was his mercy that saved us, Titus 3, 5. It is his mercy that saved us. Daniel recorded that the Lord our God, to him belongs mercy and forgiveness. To him belongs mercy and forgiveness. The psalmist recorded in 130 and uh, verse 1, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If the Lord shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who should stand? If the Lord should mark iniquities, O Lord, who should stand? If God would step out right now into our world and say, I'm going to execute my justice upon this world. There would not be very many people standing because of our past or because of our action. If it wasn't for his mercy, who among us tonight would truly be blessed? Who among us tonight would truly stand in his presence? Who can stand? Who can stand? Verse 4 goes on to say, but there's forgiveness with thee. Somebody say there's forgiveness with him. Whoo, 
there's forgiveness. I'm not going to condemn you, but go and sin no more. There's forgiveness with him. There's forgiveness of washing away our sins, not just simply rolling them ahead or saying you got to pay later, but rather there is forgiveness of washing and cleansing. Amen. We find in verse 5 it says, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his words do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy. So with the Lord there is forgiveness. But with the Lord there is mercy. And with him is plenteous redemption. Mark it well my brothers and my sisters. Mark it well God has enough forgiveness for any person in this world. God has enough mercy for any person in this world. I don't care how harsh they have come. How mean they have been. Amen. They may be related to you or not related related to you but it is mercy that is with the Lord it's forgiveness that is with the Lord amen for the earth amen the Bible says oh Lord is full of mercy God's got what you need his mercies are new every day the psalmist said amen David declared that God's mercies are great Nehemiah acknowledged God's mercies to his people when he said thou in thy manifold mercies forsook them not God has mercy. He is long-suffering. He has forgiveness, and he is long-suffering. Mercy and grace is the tandem on which the two rails on which the train of restoration arrive. We find mercy and its derivatives always deal with the pain and the distress, which is the result of sin. Sin brings pain and distress. Mercy addresses that. Grace deals with the sin itself. Mercy deals with the symptom of the disease. While grace will deal with the disease itself. Mercy offers relief from punishment. Grace offers pardon from the crime. Grace removes a person's sin. Mercy eliminates the punishment that is due because of that sin. Mercy says no to judgment. Amen. And grace says no to condemnation. Amen. I want to tell you that God is rich in grace and mercy. Can we take a minute and thank him for it? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! Praise God. I don't care how good at two shoes we were. It doesn't matter whether we were a preacher's kid, a plumber's kid, or a, 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 a prisoner's child, a, someone incarcerated. It doesn't matter. It is the mercy of God that said no. It's the grace of God that said yes to redemption and salvation. Mercy says no to what I deserve. Grace gives me what I cannot earn. Oh, thanks be unto God for his grace and his mercy. Look at me at this story. Let me read it with you just for a few minutes. Very familiar story. I want to touch upon it from Luke chapter 10 and verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he says, what is written in the law? 
how readest thou? I love how Jesus answered questions with a question. And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbors thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself. Uh, said unto Jesus, And just who is my neighbor? I'm going to love God. I know who God is, but really, who is my neighbor? And Jesus bore it out. He said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed on the other side. The priest was a bad example. Didn't want to be touched. Don't, 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 I can't touch you. I, I, I don't want to get close to you. You're in bad shape. I've got your answer, but I don't want to get close to you. So the priest just went on. But the Levite needs a punch in the face. He went over and looked at him. Come here. Help me out. Praise God. You're in bad shape. You just got robbed. Get on the floor, buddy. Come on, get down, get down on the floor. No, I want you laying down on the floor. You didn't just get, you're out for the count. All right. The priest walks by, keeps going. The Levite comes over and says, you're in bad shape, aren't you? I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. Go in peace. Be good. Be well. Catch you later. And goes on. But the Samaritan comes by, and when the Samaritan sees him, the Samaritan is again of a different race. Not even preached by itself, but we, we're going to leave that. But he, he, the Samaritan comes to him, and he picks him up, and he begins to bind his wounds, begins to wrap him up, and then picks him up. I ain't picking you up, boy. You need to get up. <laughs> picks him up puts him on his own beast of burden and walks him, carries him to the hotel and gets him a room and takes care of him. And Jesus said, now, which one, the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan was neighbor unto him? And he said, the one that showed him mercy. The one that showed him mercy. Verse 37, and Jesus said, go and do thou likewise. He bound up the man's wound. Somebody say compassion and mercy. He pours in oil on them. That was mercy. But he rents him a room at the inn so he would not have to be in a, so he would have a place to stay. That's grace. Amen. Mercy deals with the pain. Grace deals with the restoration. Mercy that the Samaritan dealt was to a beating, wounded man, but grace provided him with a better condition. You see, you are the agent of mercy. You are the mercy fool, and we provide the action of binding up wounds and helping people and encouraging people, but we take them to the presence of God where they can find grace. I can't give grace, but what I can give is mercy. Yes. Abraham mercifully helped his nephew Lot and took care of him even though he wronged Abraham. 
Joseph showed mercy toward his brothers and met their needs even though they had abused him and treated him badly. Moses' sister Miriam rebelled against his leadership and God afflicted her with leprosy. And in Moses' mind and heart, he cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. That's mercy. That's a heart-rendering compassion. David spared Saul's life twice. A merciful person reaches out to provide forgiveness, care, and help for others. Micah records, what does God require of us? To do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. To have a heart of mercy, to have a place of mercy. <clears throat> I want to I want to get right to my point here. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. God gives us mercy so we can become merciful. God gives us mercy so we can become merciful. So what be what does being merciful do? It puts us in the place where we can receive mercy. If we will be merciful, we're going to obtain mercy. Let me say it again. If we are merciful, if we show mercy, then we're going to get what we show. Amen. Let me show you scriptures that bear this out. Look at Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 17. Well, Proverbs 11 and 17, the merciful man doth good to his own soul. The merciful man does good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. What is he saying? For goodness sake, be merciful. For goodness sake. For goodness coming back to you. For goodness coming back to your soul. For goodness coming back to your family. Hey Amen. You find it if you will sow mercy into people and be merciful with people, it will come back to you. It will come back to you. Mercy is a wise investment. Mercy, not justice and judgment and, and putting people in their place and, and saying all kinds of hateful things. Amen. But I've come to the realization that if I want mercy, I better give mercy. If I want his mercy and forgiveness, I I had better give it. Look at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse 27. But I say unto you, which here? This is another way of the scripture we quoted in Matthew. Luke saying it from his vantage point. Love your enemies. Somebody say love your enemies. I don't want to do that. How about you? I'll just be honest. I'd rather punch him in the nose. Praise God. I, I, I would. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despisefully use you. I'll quote from Proverbs so you can heap coals of fire on their head. Verse 29. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not him to take thy coat also. Can you imagine being robbed? And they want your coat. 
and you give them your sweater and your coat, you look like you need it. You look like you're in bad shape. You look like you could take this more than I, you, you, can have, you need this worse than I do. That's the mentality that Jesus brought to this world that is so foreign today. Is that we want to hate our enemies. We want to beat up those who despitefully use us. We want to we we post about how bad and deplorable they are and how awful they are. And the Lord said, I can't accept that as a mercy investment. Look at verse 30. Give to every man that asketh thee of him that taketh away thy goods. Ask them not again. And as ye, as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also unto them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye have hope to receive, what thank have ye? Have ye? For sinners also lend the sinners to receive as much again. But look at this. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great. And your reward shall be great. Turn your other cheek and your reward shall shall be great. Amen. Pray for those that despitefully use you and your reward shall be. Pray for those that gossip about you and talk about your family and how bad of a job you're doing. Love them anyway. Amen. Because it's not about them that you're doing it. It is rather because it is the investment of your mercy. It is the investment of your own forgiveness. It says, ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. The reason some folks today in our world is not toast is because he's kind to the unthankful and the evil. We can't say, oh, God, give me mercy, but zap my enemy. We can't say, oh, God, would you extend forgiveness, but don't give it to sorry cousin Ed. I, 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 I want to have it all, but don't give it to them. No, the Lord said that he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. And then he says, be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. Then he takes it to the next level. Judge not and ye shall not be judged condemn not and ye shall not be condemned forgive and ye shall be forgiven then we have this powerful scripture that is often misapplied but he said give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down and shaken together running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that ye meet with all it shall be measured to you again we have often applied this and seen it applied as being connected to offering but it is not. It is connected to what you sow. If you sow judgment, you will reap judgment. If you sow condemnation, you will reap condemnation. But if you will sow mercy and you will sow forgiveness, it will come back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. 
Mercy says, I could squash you like the awful bug you are, but I choose to give you mercy. I choose to give you mercy. I choose to give you mercy. And it's not about you. It is about me because I want to invest in mercy because my God promised me that if I will invest in mercy, it will come back to me. If I'll invest in forgiveness, it will come back to me. I believe somebody needs to hear your pastor tonight and say, okay, that situation, I need to forgive. That place, I need to give mercy. It's not about the person who did the offense. It's not about the person that hurt your feelings. But it's about the fact I reap what I sow. I'm telling you, it's a little bit selfish. It's a little bit selfish. I want to be merciful because I want to reap a good dividend from my investment. You watch people. Over the years, I've seen folks that were so judgmental, harsh. Yeah, he's a low-down nothing. Then all of a sudden, they have one of their children that goes off the deep end. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, look at that so-and-so. He's a... And he wonders, what did I do? Well, you sow judgment, and you got judgment. If we sow condemnation, we get condemnation. But if we will sow mercy, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. You want kindness? Give kindness. It comes back. You want forgiveness? Give forgiveness. It comes back. Mercy is an investment that is well worth your time. Show some kindness to your friend, but show some kindness to your enemy. Love them that don't love you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Amen. I'm talking about a kingdom principle that goes against the grain of our flesh. Anybody besides me would rather throw down than forgive? I see two hands. Thank you to all this gentlemen in the whole building. Uh, as some of you, I go down and sit by you because I know you, you're like me. I just, just, I'd rather, I'd rather tell them off and give them a piece of my mind. But in doing so, I sow that back into me. I sow it back into my family. I sow it back into my children. I sow it back into my grandkids. But I submit to you today that there is an investment that is worth your time. Stand with me, please. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain, they shall receive, they shall experience, they shall gain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall get what they sowed. Hallelujah. I've had this on the back burner. I have a file. Uh, matter of fact, I got several places where I, I put my my thoughts that, that that I'm thinking about a message or something, and this is in the was in the file to work on. But here tonight, I believe God wanted me to preach this tonight for you, for somebody, somebody that's wrestling with with what do I do about this situation? What do I do about this person? Ah. Uh, Hey, buckaroo, I want you to know that I forgive you honestly.
openly. But it's really not about you. It's about an investment in my future. It's an investment in my future. I'm not going to condemn you, judge you anymore. I just let that go. Forgiveness and mercy says the penalty is paid. The right for penalty has been paid. God, you take care of them. Mercy. Mercy. Come on. Just begin to pray right where you are. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.